Welcome back to another episode of the Local Success Podcast, where the goal is to admire, get inspired, and take action. I'm your host, Ricardo Flores. I love comedy. I love stand-up comedy, funny movies, funny people, and laughing in general. So what better guest to have on today than stand-up comedian Chris Williams. Chris is following his life passion, which is to entertain while also bringing actual value to the world. He aims to make people laugh and think at the same time. This conversation had it all. We talk about his first memories with comedy, a couple discouraging moments he had along the way, and how he overcame them. We also talk about comedians who have inspired him to leave his dream, the company he's running, and his upcoming goals. I had a blast during this conversation, and I hope you get inspired from it. Well, thank you, Chris. How are you today? I'm good, man. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thanks for being here. Of course. Um, just to give you a little context, we connected over social media. Yeah. I saw you're following a passion, a mission. Yeah. And that's what this podcast is all about. Absolutely. So, excited to talk to you about your journey so far. So let's just dive right in. Yeah, sounds good. What got you into comedy? Oh, <laughs> that, that is the question. What got me into comedy? Uh, I wanted to do stand-up comedy since I was a kid. Okay. Like a little, little kid. I used to sneak into my parents' uh, bedroom and steal like their, their tapes, like the Richard Pryor tapes. Mm. I'd like take the VHS tape out and then put one of my tapes in and like watch it for the night and, and stuff like that. And I just fell in love with it. Um, but I was just too scared to do it. And I think, you know, it, it, it's a terrifying thing. And, did they know you were watching uh, Richard Pryor? I don't, I don't think they did. Like to this day, I don't know. I, I well, let's say, I'd like to think that I got away with it. They probably did. Right. Know? But, um, there was just something captivating about watching somebody on stage, just like tell their truth and do that. And, and, to see like a thousand people watching one person with just a microphone was just something that I, you know, I love. And I did acting and I it was in plays and stuff like that, but it was never the same. So, yeah, that's, that's so the So how beginning. old were you when you knew you wanted to do it, but you maybe didn't have the confidence? Oh, I was probably like 10, 10, 12. Yeah, okay. yeah. I, I just loved watching it. And so. was the first time you actually got on stage and did it? Uh, it was June 2021. Oh, so it went a long time. Yeah, it went a long time. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, okay, that's not true. So I did, I took a class maybe like eight years ago, this stand-up class in LA. And that was actually a huge mistake, to be honest, because uh, it was like a six-week class. And on, on the seventh week, we got to perform at the Improv. Mm -hmm. And I would every week we'd come in, we'd meet, and I'd write new stuff, write new stuff. And then we'd go to the show at the Improv, and you know it's like all your friends and family. And I went up there, and everybody laughed. And I was like, this is great. And then afterwards, I met with the, the teacher, and he was like, yeah, you didn't really do comedy. It's like, that wasn't really comedy, what you did. Mm. And so then that, like, I didn't even want to do it again until 2021, because I was just so scared of it. I was like, well, I guess I'll just never be good at it. So I actually, I think I blocked that out of my memory. But that was, that was the first time that I, I ever did it. But, yeah. So in that time between 10 and 2021, um, what was your goals? What were you doing there? Uh, I... I got that's a good question I was working in restaurants okay. uh, I worked in entertainment as a stage manager for a while like in in live entertainment and um I was just trying to find my way I mean I was lost but I think growing up in LA like I knew I wanted to be in entertainment but all you hear is people who don't make it mm. so it just that fear furthered that fear of like well it's, it's too hard so um I finally went back to school which was something I always kind of wanted to do I went back to school. Uh, took me six years to get my degree. Hey, congratulations! Yeah, thank you, you. It. thank on, you. Yeah, what? Uh, so I graduated UCSB last year. Awesome. Uh, communication major, thirty-five, uh, and I think going back to school just gave me the confidence to finally do it. So I was like, "All right, I'm going to follow this dream." 
and I did it, and I, I can't look back. So, yeah, that's awesome, yeah, man. Yeah. So, yeah, speaking on fear, I think that's one of the things holds the, most people back. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, imposter Absolutely. syndrome, and you just, you're scared of doing things. Besides school, mm-hmm. what's something else that you did to just break that wall? Uh, well, I was kind of still through school, to be honest, but uh, I worked at the KCSB, the radio station uh, mm-hmm. at, at UCSB, and I always wanted to have a, a radio show. Like I used to listen to the radio of my grandmother when I was little, so I just kind of fell in love. Um, and I just liked hearing people's stories, so I fell in love with that. Um, and so having your own radio show, I was like, well, I can, I can do this weekly. Like I got that confidence. Like I'll talk. I can talk in front of people. So let's just... Let's now just do it on stage. Um, so it was like little things like that. It was, it was it was like getting to the cliff but not jumping. It was mm-hmm. like, you know, I was like so close and then finally Inching. I was like, I just got to do it. Um, but I needed, I felt like I just needed some wins in my life. Like I needed to put together a string of events that went well so where I could be like, okay, now let's try it. You know what I mean? It's a great way to put a little wins and yeah. celebrate those, yeah, right? There's, yeah. I think we've gotten so focus on the big picture that sometimes we forget to celebrate those little goals and those little things that okay that's a win let's do it yes yes awesome um so let's start with maybe going into college Mm -hmm. how are you in success at that point because i know it's a way that people look at completely different ways Uh, of going back to college oh yeah yeah or or going in college and how do you view in success then okay uh viewing success i mean i was working at a restaurant as a restaurant manager at the time and it was sucking the life out of me no wonder we were late i managed to (laughs) yeah yeah it was like People don't understand restaurant management. Like nobody dreams of being a restaurant manager. People dream of owning a restaurant. Right. People dream of being like the head chef. But no, nobody's and like be a step in the middle. Right, right. But. Nobody dreams of like I want to work twelve-hour days <laughs> and get yelled at about spaghetti and meatballs. Like oh that's what I want to do. You're preaching to the choir. Yeah, I yeah. manage an Italian restaurant. Okay, right now. <laughs> so yeah, so you, yeah, okay, yeah. Sorry, no, I, no, I no, didn't no. mean to strike a nerve. But no, that's, no, that's. that's, that's, that's I mean, I relate, and that's, yeah. you know, that's what we're doing this yeah. to get out of that, but yeah. it's something that we did. That's and, so cool. And I think, you know, so I was doing that, and so when I decided to finally go back to school, success for me, and I knew it was going to be a long process. Mm. I knew going back to school was going to be a long process because I had to work full-time. I had bills. I was going to school part-time. Uh, yeah, so for me, I mean, going back to school, I knew it was going to be such a long process. So success was, like, getting through one class at a time it was mm. showing up to class because i was not good at school when i was a kid like i horrible add um caused a lot of drama so that's why it took me a long time to even go back to school but just getting through one class you know what i mean and and it was such a cool process and that's the thing like i never thought i was gonna be able to go back and so i got through like a drama class and then i got through a math class then I got through like an English class and I was like, okay, wait, I can do this. I did all the core things and it was those little wins. And then, you know, I did speech and debate and those things um, it just, you know, they build up and you look at all the things you could do. You're like, okay, wait, hold on. I thought this was going to be really hard, but look, look what I accomplished just this year. Like I got through that. I got through that. So you start to feel good and you're like, I can take on bigger things. And that's, um, so to me, success sometimes is just getting through something. Mm-hmm. Like I will say that I, I ended up graduating with like a 3.79 GPA and um, 4.0 in my in my minor here at UCSB, and and that was really great. But when I look back, uh, success is just that I did it. You know what I mean? Like it's just like it doesn't have to be perfect. You just did it. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I think we're too focused on 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 getting that car, that house, but it's the it's the, what they say what is is the journey, not mm-hmm. the destination. So and that's hard for me. I mean, I still lose track of that all the time. I don't give myself credit. I'm not good at it. Mm-hmm. I don't like, even when I do comedy, like I 
come off stage and somebody be like that was good and i'm like okay yeah don't talk to me i'm like, Ugh, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> um, but yeah every now and then i look back and i'm like bro like look you you might have done something here like you know so that's awesome yeah Besides you and your confidence and you doing that on your own, have you surrounded yourself with people that are that are pushing you that way? How yeah. important is that to yeah. to achieve what you want to achieve? Uh it's it's actually it's really important. And you know, you scroll through Instagram and I don't know, half my Instagram is like inspirational quotes, that's what I'm looking at. Mm. And I see people talk about the crowd that you keep around you. And uh I thought I, I thought I always had like a good crowd around me, you know, always cool people. But it wasn't until I started moving in the lane I wanted to move in where other people saw it. And now, you know, I have people I can text where I'm like, you know, as I started my own business, hey, I don't know what to do here. And they, they hit me back really quickly like, oh, that just takes time. Like you'll get there, you know, and, and having that support and people who are like minded and, and seeing people go after their dreams. That helps me because I'm like, OK, if they could do it, I could do it. You know what I mean? And, and, and you can't you need so that's an interesting point surrounding yourself with those that are going to push you um have you had to cut any friendships that maybe you it was sad because you loved them as friends but maybe they're not pushing you the way they should be yeah i mean i've definitely had people sort of fall off um or or let you know had to let go of certain certain people but i think the the other thing about that is i realized i was using people just to get me through like times like i, I wasn't really great friends with people mm. but at the time i felt like I didn't really have anything going on. I didn't have any direction, especially like when I was managing restaurants. So I would be friends with people who maybe I wouldn't always be friends with. Um, and there've been a couple of people who didn't really believe in my vision or see my vision. Mm. And I just slowly had to like say like, listen, you know, this ain't working. So let me give you an example on when you had to do that, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I was in like a long-term relationship. And it was our, it was years back, and it was our second anniversary dinner. I'll never forget this. This is like a movie. Mm. And we were just kind of talking about life and what I wanted to do. And at the time, I had just gone back to school or I was about to go back to school, something like that. And I remember saying to my ex at the time, like at that dinner, like, I think I want to pursue stand up comedy. And she literally said, I can't date a stand up comedian. Oh, wow. And instead of me like being like, well, this may not work because that's my dream. I went back to school for like marketing and I was like, well, I can just like make this work in another way. Mm. And what I've come to find out that relationship did not work. Uh, what I've come to find out is I basically like hid a huge piece of me and just like kind of put in the club. Yeah. So I just hid myself. Like I hid my passion and, um, it was rough, man. It was really rough. So that relationship ended horribly and, and really it ended because like I was like cheating and I was doing stuff. I just wasn't happy, but it had nothing to do with her. It was me. And like, I didn't feel safe to go follow my dreams. Right. So when that relationship ended, you know, we had to kind of, that was obviously somebody being cut out of my life and it was a group of people that were cut out of my life. And that was kind of, to me, that ended a period of fear and a period of just like complacency and now i had to kind of rebuild because i was dating her for like six and a half years so now it's like now i have to rebuild who i am and go do the things that i want to do and it was tough i didn't really know anybody that's a long time to be with someone and then yeah yeah and that was two years in that we had that conversation so that means for four and a half years i was like well we can kind of make this work like that i, I had no confidence like I, you know what i mean like yeah. i was trying to make something um but that breakup led to me meeting uh, my friend Jala, who was a, a who's a DJ in LA, and I would just go and dance at this club or like this bar every like almost every Friday, mm -hmm. and he was just always supportive and so 
kind and I was talking about my energy and all these things. And that was like the first person who I felt like really supported me and my crew. And then from then, I gained a bunch of other people and like entrepreneurs. And then obviously coming to UCSB was great because now you're around a bunch of kids, or, and not kids, I shouldn't use that, but to me they're kids, but mm-hmm. a bunch of students who like have beliefs and they're striving for something and you're all trying to be better and you're trying to learn. And that environment, it just, you realize like anything's possible. You know what I mean? And that, um, it was tough to, to, to cut her out, but, uh, and obviously just, it was a breakup, so it was hard, but I needed that because once I removed that, it let, I let myself like live the dream that I want. You know what I mean? So yeah, I mean, I, I admire you for taking that step because it's not easy that much time with someone and to say okay, like. But I think you realize it's yeah, something you need to yeah. do for yourself. Yeah, and and therapy helped me. My therapist was like, I remember when I told her, she was like, "Come on, man, you don't see what the problem is here." I was like, "Dang, okay, you don't say it like that, friend. Dang." But yeah, yeah, <laughs> therapy is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then, so when do you remember saying, "Okay, I want to go back to comedy. Mm-hmm. It's what I want to do. I'm mm-hmm. going for it." Mm-hmm. And how was that? Uh, so it's June 2021. I just see something on Instagram that there's like an open mic in Old Town Goleta. So I'm like, all right, like I'm gonna do it. So I wake up that morning and I write some jokes. And I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to this open mic. Like that's what I'm doing my day. I'm super excited. And then I get there and I see all the comedians and I see everybody. And this, this was an open mic. We get like 50 audience members. I mean, it was so cool. Mm. And I remember like sitting in the corner. I didn't know anybody. And I'm like watching the comedians interact. I'm like, oh my god, those, those are the comedians. Like wow, like watch them. And, uh, <laughs> and then I, the lady who was running it, I have to give her credit. So I'm gonna use her name. Her name is Sue. And Sue was like. I didn't write my name. I didn't sign up yet. So I should do an open mic, right? You sign up. I didn't write my name. And Sue was like, do you want to go on stage? I was like, uh, no, that's okay. I'm sorry to get really nervous. No, that's okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I, now I'm drinking beers and I'm like, I'm, I'm drunk, right? I'm drunk at this point. <laughs> and uh, she's like, what's your name? So we start talking. And then she goes up to the microphone and she's like, okay, our last comic, like the night's over. She's like, our last comic is from LA. He's just going to wing it. Chris Williams. Like what? <laughs> so now I got to go up, right? Now, okay. And I go up there and we were supposed to have seven minutes and I talked for 11 minutes and it was, it was great, man. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And then that left you thinking, I can do this. Bro, I'm that was do it. it. I was like, I, I, yeah. So that, like after that moment, I was like, this is it. Like, this is what I'm going to do. Um, and there's, I, I, I can only imagine the, how my parents received the news. Like I was thinking about this, like there's nothing like helping your son, your adult son in his thirties, go back to college. And then him being like, so I'm going to be a stand-up comedian. It's like, okay. <laughs> and my parents are super uh, supportive. They always have been They're like, whatever you want to do, like we really support you. But, um, I mean, I went so hard in the paint. Like I was, anytime I get on stage, anything, you know, At this point, are you like, done with school? No, I'm still okay. in school. Like, and, and I have like another year left. And you have no option of quitting school. You're still going to do that. No, I got to get through it. Okay. Yeah, like I've, I've come this far. Um, but yeah, forget it. Like this is it. Like you couldn't tell me that I, I'm not going to be a stand-up comedian. You, you, there's no way. You could not convince me, even to this day, that this is not going to work out. I love like, that. That's what that's drew me to you when yeah. you posted that uh, that vision of you in front of 15,000 people. Right? Yeah. Like I, you, you're going to make that happen. Oh, man, yeah. Like that's... You know, and you you got to dream. Like, when you're a kid, you dream about that stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did. Like, when I was a kid, I tell a story. I remember my first, uh, like, computer, like, my desktop computer. It came with, like, this headset. Like, you know, like a telephone operator yeah. headset. And I remember seeing videos of, like, 
people doing concerts like at the Super Bowl and stuff like that wearing a headset like that mm-hmm. I would just walk around my house with the headset on pretending I was on stage <laughs> like I don't think I ever used it for what it was for but that that's what I did so when you know when we're little we dream all this stuff and then that fear creeps in and we stop dreaming of it because we're like well that's not possible and like I'm done with that like I gotta you know I go see concerts at the Santa Barbara Bowl all the time yeah. And I, I sit there and I always think like, I wonder what that floor feels like underneath my feet. Like, I can't wait to find out. Like, I can't wait to see what it looks like looking at the crowd. Like, those things are important to me. So, yeah, yeah you couldn't convince me that I, that I wasn't going to be a stand-up. If somebody said you could be a stand-up, or, uh, and, but you, you, know, you had to drop out of school, I would have dropped out. Yeah. Thankfully, I was able to do both, but right. it, there was some hairy times. So. Well, you finish and you're yeah. pursuing that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So besides uh, Richard Pryor, what are some other comedians you love that in, that have inspired you or that you want to maybe imitate your comedy after them? Oh, man. There's so many. I know. <laughs> uh, right now, my favorite is Roy Woods Jr. Okay. Uh, so he uh, he's on The Daily Show. He's like one of the black correspondents. He's just so smart. His comedy is so smart. Oh, I think I didn't know mm-hmm. this. Yeah. And he talks a lot about, uh, like I think, important things. Um, I think his comedy is like very intentional. Well, most people's comedy is intentional, but for me, it just strikes a nerve. So that's somebody that currently that I love. Uh, Wanda Sykes is like one of my favorites. Like legend. her right, yeah, a legend. Um, but then you have to go back. I mean, there's Eddie Murphy. Obviously, there's there's uh, like even Ellen DeGeneres. When I was a kid, I, I got her special like Here and Now, and I used to just watch that over and over again. You know, just to watch her work. Uh, Brian Regan is another uh, comedian. He's hilarious. Yeah. And then currently there's like Tony Baker who is on his way up. He does like the, an- the animal voice videos. He's yeah. pretty popular. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah. So now you're pursuing this. Are you being success the same as you did when you started college? Or does it change? How, do you, how are you looking at it now? I think it depends on the day. Oh, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because there are, there are times like when I have a dream about that 15,000 person, you know, stadium or whatever it is. And I think like, I should, I want to be doing more. I need to be doing more or I'm not doing enough. Right. And, and I forget that just two, three years ago, like this wasn't even, this was just an idea that I was scared of. So I forget when I drive to a city to perform in front of 30 people, like this is the dream. Like you wanted to do comedy. Now I get to do comedy. Like, so there are times that I, I feel like I'm not successful. And then I remind myself like, but bro, like this is actually what you dreamed of. Like you're you're doing the little goals. Yeah. Yeah. The goals like this success is being able to get on stage and entertain one person or two people, or even just writing a joke like that's success. And we forget that because once again, we get caught up in watching Kevin Hart and, you know, and seeing the success that he's had in this huge way, but like it took baby steps and it took the struggle. So that's a great example. It took Kevin Hart a long time. It took, yeah. <laughs> he's been yeah. in movies. We don't realize, but he's been in movies forever. Yeah, man. Soul playing back in yeah. the day. So. Like, and, and there are people who don't make it until they're like, you know, 50, 60, Steve Harvey, um, I mean, he's worth so much now, but it took a long time, and it's a struggle. When you do stand-up comedy, you don't. It's rare that you make money. Mm-hmm. Like you, I do a lot of shows for free, right. for free, and I'll drive. I mean, I, I, I'll drive far places just to do a show just for five minutes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Of stage time, but that's part of it. And having the the option, have knowing that somebody will have me after I drive five hours for five minutes that's successful like right. that's success like it getting on stage and doing is success so i'm curious the girl that you're dating now because mm-hmm. i know you're dating someone mm-hmm. how did she take it were you scared of tell her or? no i i actually met her 
at a show. Like, okay. so yeah, I, I did a show in that town here. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did a show here in town uh, around Halloween uh, two years ago, I guess it is. Uh, the end of, what year are we? So I guess the end of 2021 is when mm-hmm. I met her. And um, I, I'm not a Halloween guy, I gotta tell you. It's just not my holiday. Okay. That is her thing. She loves Halloween. Mm. So I was kind of thinking about dropping out of this show, to be honest, like that day. I was like, I don't have a costume, like blah, blah, blah. But I threw together this like old man costume. I went to, I got like a walker, I sprayed my hair, I did this whole thing. Um, and she was there dressed like Corella DeVille. And uh, it was kind of a rough comedy night. Like not everybody was, was on point. I think it was a little bit weird, but um, she was just like, she was, I don't know, I loved her personality. She was beautiful, she was fun, just even that night. And uh, we just started talking and that was it, man. And she's so, like Rachel is so supportive, it's ridiculous. It's it is, amazing. it's it's almost uncomfortable to me. Like, cause there are days, cause we have two dogs, right? And there mm-hmm. are days where like, I wake up, I go to work, and then I go home and I shower and then I have to, you know, head out to LA or whatever to do a show. And I'll maybe see her for 45 minutes total that day. It's never like, I wish you were home more. It's never that. It's just like, do you need me to walk the dogs? Like, what can I do? And um, that unconditional support is something that a lot of people don't don't get in their life, like even from like their parents. Yeah. I've been really lucky to have it in, in many different aspects of my life. But uh, I tell her this and, and People think it's crazy. Like, if I didn't have her, I would still find a way to, to make it work because it's the dream. But um, having her makes it that much easier, totally. and and she's always so supportive. So yeah. I think the older we get, we start understanding that. You know, I was 32 now, but a few years ago, I was like, oh, I can do life alone. It's nice, yeah. and then you meet someone that pushes you and encourages yeah. you, and it yes. feels so much better. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because there are days, man. Like, I'll come home crying. Like, I'm tired. I work. I have a day job. I started the company, have my own comedy that I do other places. Like I'm tired and she's just like, just remember like you, you wanted this. Right. Like this is, this is what you want. So, uh, yeah, I'm very thankful to have her. And nobody's so. saying no. Um, is acting something that's still in your mind or are you still yeah. just focusing? Okay. Oh, that's yeah. kind of like the main goal. Uh, I wouldn't, I don't know if it's the main goal. Okay. Um, I just did a student film with UCSB and I'd never done anything uh, like a film like that. So, and this was, it's called Sick Joke and it'll be coming out, it's, it's gonna come out soon, but to be around like passionate people who understand film and I mean, it was so cool to be be a part of it. And it was tough, like it was really, it was different than anything I've ever done. Uh, I've done some camera stuff, but not film like that. And uh, I definitely got a bug for it, so we'll see, you know, I mean, like to do some commercials and do stuff like that but i just like to entertain so i don't really care but stand-up is always i think going to be the main thing that i want to do so makes sense mm-hmm. what are some other influences you've had in your life with comedy that you that you can say this is maybe people around you friends mm-hmm. or, or has it just been you and your in your vision and your goal you know i think it was just always something like i said I, something i wanted to do uh my entire life, all of my friends, even like working in a restaurant, they were always like, you, you, like, you're so funny. Like, they're like, you're so funny. And I'm like, yeah, thanks. And they're like, you should do stand-up. I'm like, okay. They're like, no, you're funnier than the people that we see doing stand-up, which is like a crazy compliment. Right. But you don't believe it. You're like, okay, like you're just saying that. Um, but when I look back, like, if enough people say something about you, like, it's probably true. Like, you, you might want to just shut up and listen. And so... Uh, there are enough people who are like, you should be on TV or you should be doing this. And I was like, okay, yeah, you're just saying that. But like when 50 people just say it and they don't know each other, like, bro, maybe they're correct. Like, so, uh, yeah, 
I will say this. I have an uncle who is one of the best storytellers that I've ever heard. Like mm. he he is he's just the best. My uncle Michael. Naturally. Naturally, man. He'll tell you a story and you you I mean he, you know, we're, I'm from LA, so he lives in LA, and he'll tell you a story about growing up in LA or something, and like you'll be laughing, like you'll just like tears coming out of your eyes, like laughing, and then you'll be driving home, and you're like, oh my god, there was a lesson in that, like I learned something there, and it hits you later, and to me, uh, and I've never actually said this, but he's such an influence on like the jokes I tell oh. because it's so purposeful, like what he's doing is purposeful, but he makes it feel so natural that you don't realize it until later, and I think. That's kind of what I want to do. Like, I can go out there and just be funny and be a clown, and that's great. Some people want that, but I feel like I have a a, a responsibility to pass on wisdom any way I can. So that's super powerful and really interesting. You say that. You know, I've thought about sometimes too. All these people that are getting famous of, of videos of the pranking and mm-hmm. the silly things on the streets, and I'm like. Anyone can probably do that, but I want to bring some value to yeah, the world. So yeah. for you to say that, it's really, it's really cool. And with comedy, you can do so. Um, did you listen to the Neil Brennan special, the uh, Circles, I think it's called? No, I haven't. Oh, uh, Neil Brennan. That okay. one. Yeah, it's a, Neil, th- Neil Brennan is a genius. genius. <laughs> yeah, and people don't understand. That's like the Dave Chappelle helped right. Dave, you know start Dave Chappelle, which the Chappelle show was a huge influence in my life. For when sure. I watched myself do comedy, uh, Dave, I should have said that earlier. <laughs> Dave Chappelle. I think for when we come in, we just put him already, yeah, like, up yeah. there. Yeah, and I know, I know he pisses people off, and I get it, but, like, when I was in high school, Dave Chappelle was coming out with Killing Them Softly. I mean, he had all those specials that were just so good, and then the Chappelle show, and when I watch myself on stage now, I'm like, oh, that that was so Dave Chappelle. What you just did was, like, I'll move like Dave mm. Chappelle. Um, but Neil Brennan is one of the best comedians who doesn't get his credit, because I think that sometimes like stand-up comedians will tell you that neil brennan is one of the best but i think the average person may not understand what he's doing and i feel like he doesn't even get himself enough credit no i mean you see that in the last special he's so self-deprecating but it's it's hilarious and and provocative yeah he's he's good man And, and and his sense of self you know you have to understand yourself to be a good comedian i think like if you don't you can't tell jokes that feel dishonest like people won't go along on that ride so you have to it has to be from your perspective it has to feel tangible and real so no so what's your favorite thing about being on stage oh that's a good question and what's your least favorite yeah both ways man you know nobody's ever asked me that And, and what is my favorite thing about being on stage i think from a selfish perspective i just love having a captive audience like i love when like there's nothing better than when you realize that you have an audience like on a string like there's there's nothing better like a lot of people don't understand that comedy is so scripted like we work a we work a a two-minute section for three months like we we know what we're gonna do for the most part you know there are times we go up there and then we start ad-libbing and doing those things but when when a bit or a joke finally works the way you want it to and then you know you have them, and then you can take them to the next thing. You could do anything you want. Like, there's nothing more powerful than that moment. Um, so I love that. And then my least favorite thing, I don't know what my least favorite I really love all of it. If you don't have one, that's great. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I think even, the, even the, the times that I don't feel like I did a great job are still like, I still like, yeah, no, but I did it. Like, but I did something. There was some good there. Um, I guess a better question is what's something you want to improve at mm, something that you mm, want to get better yeah. like, 
my physical comedy, like okay. being more of a goofball. And I think that part of that is the insecurities that I have, right? Like I'd like, like I'm a really goofy person at home. Like I'm a fool. And then when I go on stage, I think sometimes I worry about being cool. Yeah. And so, you know, I can't let go of, of once again, that fear or that thing of like the judgment that, you know, but if I could just let all that go and be like my actual crazy goofy self, oh, that'd be great. That'd be, that'd be insane. Can I challenge uh, you to do that next show? Yeah, <laughs> yes, I'm going to try. I, yeah, I will. I will. I'll work on it. And I've been trying to work on it more and more. That was something that um, my girlfriend calls it whimsy, adding whimsy. So I'm trying to add some whimsy to my to, to my comedy. Yeah. Yeah. I was just watching some old school Jim Carrey. Like, oh, yeah. The king of oh, that. Come on, man. Like, you know how you have to have no ego to go up there. Imagine the first time Jim Carrey or like Steve Martin, another huge influence. Oh. I don't know if you like Steve Martin stuff back in the day. I don't know. I've seen some of his old stuff. Oh, man. He's one of the best. Um, he would just do crazy things, like crazy things on stage that when he started, people were like, bro, you're awful. Yeah. Like, you're awful. But he's free. And I think one reason you go to see comedy is to feel free. Like, laughter can take you out of pain, even for just a second. Like, just a, like, like laughter and that moment of joy. I mean, you could have a broken ankle. And if somebody makes you laugh in that second, you're thinking more about how funny that was than that pain from that broken ankle, even just for a second. Like, nothing transports you like that. So, but Steve Martin was just, that dude was so free. I mean, he would do crazy things. And, and yeah. When I think of comedy, physical comedy, the first one that comes to mind is Chris Farley. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Chris Farley is like, oh, man. I can't believe that dude is gone. But, yeah, Chris Farley is, is uh, that... It, it's actually interesting. I'm seeing a lot of comedians now who have so, certain mannerisms that remind me of Chris Farley. And I don't think people understand how big of an influence Chris Farley has on like the world, yeah. be, you know, just from his short time on Saturday Night Live, really. But yeah. Well, I just thought of this question, so take your time. Yeah. But if you had to host dinner and you can invite, let's say, three to five comedians, mm -hmm. I'll give you a range. Mm -hmm. What are some that you're bringing? And what's something you would like to talk to them about? Oh, man. Uh,. So I want Dave Chappelle at the table. Um, I would love, I want Wanda Sykes at the table. Comedians who, oh, I, I mean, I gotta have Roy Witch Jr. just cause I wanna meet him. Um, I'm trying to think who else would I put at this table just to, I mean, yes, Richard Pryor as well. I mean, I think also, um, hmm, that's a good question. Who would be somebody else? I don't know. I don't, I don't. Oh, Patton Oswalt. Oh yes, Patton Oswalt yeah. is another person that I love. And his I would, range too. His range, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'd love to just sit at a table and just like I want to know. Th there's a business side to comedy that people 100%. don't really understand. Like you're a brand. I think Kevin Hart really mastered that. Yeah, he did. He mm -hmm. really did. Um, Kevin Hart. For those people who don't know, like Kevin Hart really got big because he started these like mailing lists like this is when um myspace was big mm -hmm. so he was like add your name to his mailing list so he would have um he'd have a list of people and so he was able to to let people know when he's coming to town doing those things and he was able to kind of monetize that and that's why like he's really not the first rock star comedian we have but at that level like we he's kind of the first rock star comedian we had at that at, like that but and you know what i'd like to have kevin hart at the table too but one, I'd like to just be a fly on the wall. Like, I would just like to let them talk. Like, you guys want to smoke, you guys want to drink, whatever you want to do, I just want to listen. Um, 
and then I want to know, like, I want to know about some of their worst shows. Like, what what went wrong here, or like, or how long did this bit take? Because they're, you know, they're jokes that you write, and you you know, you're like, okay, that's funny. And then, like, I, I have a joke that I've been working on since the first time I went on stage, and it's it's not there, right? But I know there is something there. That's so cool. So then it's like, how do you, how do you get there, or like, when do you say, okay, maybe this won't work? Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of what I would want to know. It's like. You know, it's like what what are some of the some of the hard times for you? And yeah. but yeah, have you had any rough shows lately? And then you know, how have you overcome them? Or what do you tell yourself when something like that happens? <sighs> yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that I've had rough shows. I'm really, oh man, I'm blessed because even when shows aren't going the way I want them to go, I feel like I'm. I'm kind of quick enough or I'm, I'm I'm able to sort of improv and go with the flow and, and switch things around a little bit. So maybe I want to come in and sort of command an audience from the beginning because you, you have to kind of show that you're in, in charge of what you have, you have to be confident up there. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe something happens and then I'm able to kind of switch it up a little bit and, 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 and roll with it. So there are shows where I'm like, eh. Um, but I wouldn't say that I've had a show where I was just like, that was god awful. Like okay. not 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 yet at least. I've had a couple of rough ones where I was like, okay, uh, I had a show in Bakersfield about maybe a month ago or something like that, and I got mixed up in my order of jokes. Mm. But you kind of just take a moment, and, and then you're like, all right, let me you know let me get back to it and figure it out. And you just kind of stumble through it. And that sounds like a tough crowd too. <laughs> it, the, I was worried about Bakersfield, but they they came out to play. Um, nice. I don't have any jokes that I feel like are too dirty. Okay. But the the host of the show was like, you know, they they're a little more reserved. So I, you know, I, I was kind of worried about that. And that's something that you can't. I mean, you have to know if an audience, if you're playing a nursing home, like maybe don't drop the f bomb fifty times, right? right? But you have to you have to have the ability to test. Okay, where's that line? What can I do? Can oh, I push this? Can I not? Because every audience is different, and every audience is different with every comedian that may be on a show. So how do you figure out what can I do, what can I not? Because you come in with a plan. All right, this is what I'm going to do. And then it may not happen. That plan may get derailed, and you're like, cool. But you have to know when to let things go and when to get into it. So, and and that's something derailed. that comes with practice, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, when I tell people that like I study this, like I... I study this. Like really? I spend too much time studying this. Probably. What's your study process? For you? uh, I mean, I watch a lot of comedy. Um, there's a lot of great comedy podcasts, like uh, like Good Ones, which is a great one by Vulture, where they sit down with a comedian, they play one of their jokes, and then they dissect the joke and they talk about how the joke came about. Okay. And that gives you a really inside look at the process. Um, and and you learn little tricks because because you'll hear comedians say like oh that was a rowdy crowd so if you have a rowdy crowd and they're getting loud your natural instinct is like i'm gonna i'm gonna talk over them but now you're just kind of like raising the pandemonium in the room Mm -hmm. so then i heard wanda sykes say when you have a really loud crowd she's like you know i walk a lot i pace a lot but if a crowd is 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 rowdy i'm gonna sit down and i'm gonna get a little bit more quiet and i'm gonna draw them in because maybe somebody's talking, but if I start telling jokes down here, then that person wants them to be quiet, and then it gets quiet, and everybody starts paying. Why did all of a sudden she get quiet? And then once you have them, now I can go back to being big and doing those things. So those are things that I've learned, and to learn that two that years so cool. in, yeah, to learn that two years in is, is really is really cool. But I also learned in public speaking, like you know, there's a there's a power to stillness and to silence. So you kind of play with that, but yeah. A couple of questions before I forget. Yeah, um, have you? 
and if you haven't, if you could talk to that acting teacher that mm-hmm. told you you didn't do mm-hmm. anything funny, mm-hmm. do you want to? Do you think about to. it? I think I I tell you right now, bro. I hold a grudge. Um, I am petty. Don't let this fool you. Don't let it fool you. I am I petty. Mean, you need that. I am petty, man. Uh, I am a petty person. I'll tell you. It's just all motivation. Yeah, I. Do you keep tabs where he's at? I, I don't keep tabs. I will tell you that uh, maybe a week and a half ago, I, I just looked up his company on face, on Instagram just to see if he was still doing it. He is. Um, we got to book your show. Yeah, like, I'm like, all right, I'm coming for you. <laughs> like, uh-huh, look at this tape. No, I mean, the thing about it is when I go back, he had a very specific style of comedy that he was teaching, and that's not necessarily my style. Um so maybe we just weren't going to see eye to eye on what comedy was. I understand some of what he said, but like, if people are laughing, right. you're doing something. It may you may not write a complete joke, but like, you're on to something. And I just felt I just felt like he was really dismissive. And I will say this, and this is probably because of my 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 battle scars from that class. But I've heard other comedians say this: if you want to do comedy. And the only way you feel like you're going to do it is to take a comedy class. This is probably not for you. Okay. Because all the comedy class is really doing, like, you can, you can learn the structure of a joke. The basic structure, you just Google the basic structure of a stand-up joke. And there's a setup, a punchline, and an attack. It's very simple. And, and you, they'll give you very basic examples. And you figure out how to, to put that in, and it comes with practice. But what a, what a comedy class actually does is it just... It says, okay, for five weeks or six weeks or whatever, I'm going to be here and I'm going to go on stage at some point today. Mm-hmm. So all it's really doing is teaching you accountability and it's making you pay. So it like gives you a reason why you have to go on stage. Right. So most people who take a stand-up comedy class are too scared to go on stage. And you could be the funniest person in the world. If you never go on stage, no one's going to know. So... I don't know, maybe I'm just bitter. Like your uncle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. If my uncle just sat on a stage, like, oh my God, he could do it for five hours and he would be great. Yeah. But um, yeah, a lot of I meet a lot of people who are like, I, I really want to do stand up. I've been writing for like a year. Okay, well go all right, let's come on stage. Oh no, I'm not ready yet. Nah, then you don't actually want to do stand up. Like yeah. you wanna write, but a huge part of stand up is going on stage. So yeah. yeah, so the biggest, right? Yeah. Another question: um, Hecklers, have you dealt with them yet? How do you do you prepare for them before the show? How do you deal with? Because I'm sure it happens. It happens. Like people, people get drunk or, or whatever, and they they want to be a part of it. Um, I try and be really respectful to hecklers. You know, it, it's a it's a hard line to to sort of to toe. It's it's a hard thing to balance because. You want to ignore them, right? Because a lot of people just need attention. Hmm. Or they think they're helping, which is like, they don't understand how this works. So you're not helping. Like, I prepared for this moment. I'm good. I don't need your help, Jim. Like, I'm good. Um, So you don't want to, like, you don't want to be so mean to them that, like, then the audience is like, oh, well, you're a jerk. But sometimes you got to call them out. Sometimes, you you know, you have to figure it out. I try and just ignore them or I'll, or if somebody says something, like they'll say something at the end of a joke, I'll be like, yeah, exactly. Uh, but I got it, man. Like, don't, like, thank you though. Like, your your, your time is next or whatever it may Make be. Make a little dumb. Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, cool. Um, but also, another thing, like when people start to heckle, I'll get quiet. Like, I'll do the quiet thing because what happens is then the audience wants them to shut up. Right. And then the audience is on your side. They're like, we're trying to, man, like, 
that guy was so disrespectful after we were shushing him. Like I've had an audience be like, shh, yeah. like to people. So then I don't have to do the work. I may have to pause for a minute, but yeah. Yeah, I love comedies and I go often when I yeah. see you soon. But yeah, I hate it when people just try to like act oh, like yeah. they're funny. Like, Dude, yeah. they get up on stage. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, go do it. Go go do an open mic. And like, you know, but yeah, it happens. Awesome. A couple more things. Um, th- this year, you know, we just started 2023. Mm-hmm. What are some of your small, medium, large goals that you have for this year? Um, yeah. Oof. So for my company, one of the goals uh, in Santa Barbara for Let, for Let Loose was to just have more visibility in the community. Um, and to be real, I'm not even sure exactly how I'm going to do that. So it's been like some strategic partnering, meeting new people, just like, can I work with you? Like a Bo at Ace Rivington, who I love, one of my favorite stores in town, uh, figuring out what we can do together and, you know, meeting with other people like Nadia at the Blue Owl, yeah. who's allowed us to interview her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I saw that. Um, you know, we, and we've worked together and so, you know, we do our open mic there and, and just being community driven, right. And letting people know that yeah, there are these big comedy companies that come through and they do these shows and that's great but like we're here and we're doing better like we're doing better shows like i promise like it's good so that's one of my goals and then for me personally this year has been like i said it's about getting out of my comedy comfort zone um a little more visibility so i'm trying to post a little bit more on social media uh which is tough because i don't you know, I don't do comedy as much as a, a lot of people. I just can't, right? right. Who, who are getting up, they're doing like eight hours of comedy a week. I don't have that. And so the things that I post, um, it can't be like part of my act because then why would you want to come see me if I just post everything? But I want people to get a better idea of who I am on stage. Mm. So that's been a big thing, visibility. And also just, like I said, letting go of some of the fear and just like, just be you on stage and be more natural. Awesome. Mm-hmm. To finish off, um, what are some ways you want to be remembered when it's mm-hmm. all said and done with Chris's life? Yeah, I just want to be remembered for somebody who brought some joy to the world. Like that's all like I can do. Um, I really like people. I want people to be happy. You know, I love one reason. Like for example, I started um, Let Loose Comedy because when I was working at the radio station, somebody made like a, a racist comment. It wasn't like it wasn't like a. You know, nobody like called anybody a name or anything, but there was a comment that was just ignorant that was made. And moving to Santa Barbara, one of the things that a lot of my black friends from LA said, who went to school here or whatever, they're like, it's just so white, right? It's not comfortable. And so I've always kind of operated in spaces that were predominantly white. So my thought was, okay, I can I can operate in those spaces, and then hopefully I can create opportunities for other people who are, they can feel safe or they, you know, we can, we can have a safe space. We can, we can have something for everybody. Um, so I started Let Loose because I wanted to bring, uh, sort of voices that, that people don't get to hear often and, and bring them here and, and show people that like, there's no such thing as like black comedy is not different than, than white comedy or anything like that. It's like, we can all have all that and have a good time. When it comes to like social issues, I'm not the one who's marching on the front lines. That's just not me, man. This is just, I don't know what it is. That's not who I am. But I I understand that I can make a difference using my voice and my ability. And so when I saw, I was like, well, what am I good at? I'm good at telling jokes. I'm good at making people laugh and then making them think. So for me, it's it's, I would like to be known as somebody who just brought joy and laughter to the world, but also somebody who 
people can look at and say like man look look he made like a change even if it's small even if it doesn't look it doesn't even have to be in santa barbara it could be in galita mm-hmm. i don't care but just some sort of change and 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 yeah and then i spend a lot of time talking to people who are maybe still be in college because just having that little age difference is 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 a big thing and, and just you know reaching out to people when people message me on instagram like hey we love seeing what you're doing and uh you know it's so inspiring and it's weird to be called inspiring like that's that's an uncomfortable place for me to be in but that lets me know i have to keep doing it because you never know who's watching and if i can just inspire somebody even just take a midterm i don't know like so that's all i just want to be a positive influence well my slogan for this podcast is to admire to get inspired and take action so there it is i, I think you're it. gonna accomplish yeah. that and you're awesome doing well chris a final thing just go ahead and plug in your company yeah, your man. next shows anything we can help yeah. you and service you yeah uh so my company is uh let loose comedy you can check us out let loose uh or on instagram it's uh let loose comedy sb we're on facebook too if you're still into that kind of thing um and we do shows monthly uh, with uh, the SB Wine Collective right now. We do stuff at the Red Piano. We have our open mic every Tuesday at the Blue Owl, 7 p.m. And it's really about laughs, but it's about like the village and keeping people and getting, getting everybody together. And uh, especially especially the open mic. But um, yeah, come check us out, man. Your next show? Uh, the next show? The next show tonight. But I will tell you, uh, <laughs> I think the next one will be, is, I want to say March 23rd here in town. Um but yeah, that's that's and then for me personally, I have shows like all week. So yeah, nice. Yeah, man. Well, I'll be going there soon. Thank yeah. you for your time. Appreciate it, and uh, wish you the best. Hey, Chris. Man, thanks for having me on. We'll do this again when you when you have fifteen thousand audience. Let's do it. Let's Love do it. it. <laughs> Thank you all for listening once again. I love this episode. It was so fun and inspiring at the same time. You can support and keep up with Chris's comedy on Instagram at CRWSpeaks, as well as his company at Let Lose Comedy SB, which hosts weekly comedy events in town. Make sure to check them out. If you enjoyed the episode, please hit the five-star rating and follow on Instagram at local.success. Cannot wait for the next one. <laughs>